Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Sam Steinmeier with you, and we will now dive into the world of motorsports and mostly the NASCAR circuit. We'll hit a, a couple little notes of the IndyCar series over, over this portion of the show, but again, one week ago, shows on Monday, so the Daytona 500 got postponed from Sunday, moved to Monday. And so we weren't able to talk about this last week. And Monday, the 500, I know it's a week old, but it's it's a little bit easier to talk about now because it was really difficult to talk about Monday night into Tuesday because of what happened at the conclusion of the race. It was a phenomenal event, kind of had everything that, that a Daytona 500 should. It, it had strategy. It, it had tight aggressive racing and then it had the the craziness at the end it had you, you could tell everyone wanting to go for the win however not but 200 yards from the finish line everything went bad as, as ryan newman into the wall up in the air and then while upside down hit driver's side door and the racing world collectively held its breath for for the next two or three hours before the first piece of news came out that, that ryan newman what was at least okay for for relatively okay for the situation and then you get where everyone can kind of take a sigh of relief you, you still are, are hoping that that he's okay all you really know it was serious and non-life-threatening injuries you get to the morning you you learn that he's still receiving treatment then later you you hear he's now talking to doctors playing with his family and then not but 40 hours after the incident, Ryan Newman walks out of the hospital with his two daughters, holding his two daughters' hands. And that was just a moment where you just kind of, as as a racing community, you finally just take a, a big sigh of relief. Then you, you go to yesterday before the race at Las Vegas, a, a further update. The first time we not, you didn't really, it wasn't a, a you didn't hear from Ryan Newman, but a, a statement directly written from Ryan Newman was read before the race uh, in a press conference stating that no broken bones, no internal injuries, but it, it is a described as a head injury and dealing with that and, and it, no timetable for Ryan's Newman's return, but he did say that, that he is focused on trying to get back in the race car as soon as possible and still fighting for a championship. So it, it just everything, it's kind of unbelievable when you watch the wreck that, that this is the way it went down because there for a moment you thought the worst of the worst and it, it turns out to, to be just monumentally better than, than what everyone feared on, on Monday night. Definitely. You say the entire racing world collectively hold its breath i think the entire sports world you know daytona 500 so big you have non-racing fans tuning in and you know when that crash happened i know i was all over twitter trying to make sure ryan newman was okay and you know to see you know you mentioned 40 hours after the big crash he walks out holding his daughter's hands that's a very powerful image not for just racing but for sports that you saw this in you know terrible crash and then you know, it really didn't look like it, you know, you thought maybe the worst of the worst and on, and it probably couldn't have been a better scenario, I guess. Obviously, it's not a good scenario because you never want to see a wreck like that. But with the injuries that he did sustain, you know, it's probably best case scenario. And 
it's hard to it's hard to say that, but that's exactly I think what everyone feels is is it's still bad. It's still something that NASCAR needs to, to work and, and try to figure out. And, and immediately after the incident, everyone's saying, "Well, we got to get rid of this type of racing." One, it's the Daytona 500. You can't get rid of the Daytona 500, or you lose your sport. You can't. The NFL can't get rid of the Super Bowl and expect the NFL to still be the same thing it once was. They just have to find a way to to fix the current issue, and it's something that that the sport of racing since the early 2000s has done a really good job of is is taking information they're they're already diving into this crash looking into to everything they can reconstructing it they've got both of both ryan newman and Corey lajoy's car in the r&d center which is the research and development center looking at these race cars they will determine the the look at everything determine what needs to be done and, and make the decision but racing's done a great job of of in all motorsports starting to become more proactive than reactive and in this situation it will be somewhat reactive in the sense that this wreck did happen but i think the biggest thing is just slow the cars down as they've progressively continued to get faster again that was a, a concern uh, and the cars got slower they're picking up speeds again just as they change different arrow packages, try to slow them down a little bit more. But to me, this was an incident where racing is never going to be inherently safe. It can be relatively safe, but it is never going to be 100% risk-free ever. There will never be a way to predict every possible incident. There will never be a way to make sure something where, where a driver loses his life or, or her life participating in the sport, that will never go away. However, making it as safe as possible is the goal, and I feel like NASCAR has done an unbelievable job doing that. Yeah, it really has, and uh, you know, it probably will continue to you know innovate the cars so that they're safer and maybe slower, but it's kind of like football in a sense where like the NFL is cracking down on concussions. Concussions are never going to go away from football. And crashes are never going to go away from NASCAR. It's just a matter of making the equipment safer and just making sure that if an injury does happen, it's not life-threatening. And this was a wreck that it can happen anywhere. This is a wreck that this weekend at Las Vegas, it could have happened there. However, it is a a wreck that is more likely to happen at, at, at a Daytona or Talladega. Even though it is not exclusive, we see it more. But this is, and it's not one of those necessarily freak situations. You don't want to go that far, but it is just one of those that that this hit does not happen very often. You don't see drivers getting hit driver's side door while upside down very often. And it's something that can happen at any racetrack. So you have to be careful of overreacting and doing something going too far and i and i think that's why nascar they they in situations like this they take their time they don't come out four days after the incident and say we're going to do this this and this they have until talladega right now i believe it's eight races away until the the next super speedway race with, with this form of racing they'll take their time it may be the week before where we hear hear what the decision is on what they will do arrow wise but i'm sure something will come and one other thing i just before we kind of dive into the the racing aspect is one the like the racing world it was it's a big family and it's the the drivers on tour 
that, that travel together. They're one family in a, in a, a bigger family. The whole world of racing is just this this huge family that it doesn't matter what form of racing, whether it's drag racing, whether it's IndyCar, whether it's NASCAR, whether it's overseas sports car racing, whether it's your local short track. When a driver is in one of these situations, the whole racing community wraps their arms around that person. And we, we saw that here, and it was just so pleasant. And it was kind of a peaceful moment while everything seemed in chaos during while all this was going down yeah definitely and i feel uh, you know obviously you know ryan newman's relatively okay but i kind of relay it back to what, what happened with kobe you know the entire basketball world wrapped their arms around the bryant family and you know were there for them same way with ryan newman the entire racing world was around them giving them support prayers and all that and i think you know it really shows the power that sports has when something tragic like this, obviously, you know, Ryan Newman now out of the hospital, okay. But when something bad happens like this, you know, the amount of support that, you know, your rivals can give you is, you know, incredible. And one one final thing here is that there's some questions, and especially for, for family members, especially even, you know, daughters, wives, sons, that, that watch their, their loved one get inside a race car, and it doesn't matter what level, is you know that when they put that helmet on, something can happen. And the hard part is, for, for some people, is, is rationalizing. When you hear Ryan Newman say, well, yeah, I, I'm going to do everything I can to get back inside a race car, sometimes it's hard to for, for outsiders to understand that. And it's someone that puts puts a helmet on it's not the level of nascar but i go to the dirt track and 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 i strap into a race car and and anything can happen and you know that and you put it at the back of your mind and when something like this happens it it hits racers a little bit different but but one thing is you heard this a lot from drivers is they just wanted to get back to the racetrack ryan newman just wants to get back to the racetrack everyone just let's go have another race and it's hard to explain that mentality when you see something like this happen to just the first thing you want to do is get back inside the race car is is it just doesn't seem like the natural reaction but uh, uh, racers are a different breed and and that's that this is what they do for a living it's a, it's an acceptable risk to them and i think one other thing and the just the way i rationalize it is there's all these other things we do on a daily basis where it's more likely Driving from from here, driving back to my apartment, I could get in a wreck, and I, and that's I mean, just the way I think of it, and that that's why I'm able to get inside of a race car, and it may seem irrational, but uh, a lot of these drivers, you, you've got to do that and, and strap back in, and they they all did that at Las Vegas this week. And yeah, you know, I commend them for doing that after seeing one of their uh, you know partners, you know, one of friends. their fellow mm-hmm. racers and, and he's, getting in that. Guys are best friends. Yeah, it's uh, like it's probably tough to get into a race car after seeing that and thinking, you know, that that could happen to me. But you have to put it in the back of your mind. You have to race. And, you know, you mentioned anything you do in a car is dangerous, whether it's a race car or a regular car. But especially when you're in a race car and, you know, just the type of bravery that these guys have go out and win championships, try to do that is incredible. And so, again, Ryan Newman right now back at home out of the hospital. 
and it, for for everything that happened, doing relatively well, and, and we are all thankful for that. And the actual race itself, and we're talking the Daytona 500 here on KZLX LP Maryville. When, when talking the actual race, second closest finish in Daytona 500 history, and just the the race itself, Denny Hamlin gets his second career his second consecutive, excuse me, Daytona 500, his third career Daytona 500, so puts him in elite company. Only six drivers have three or more Daytona 500s. Only He's now only the fourth driver to do it in consecutive years. But but Hamlin is right now the, the best super speedway racer out there. What, what he did in this race to even put himself in a position to win at the end, Hamlin pushing Ryan Newman, to the white flag gets out front takes the lead and then a wreck happens now hamlin's out front we get another restart and you get to the final lap down the back straight away ryan blaney hooks up with ryan newman and and in a lot of situations you see drivers down the back straight away throw the block to try to stay out front and we rarely see that work well denny hamlin held his line he gave up the lead Everyone thought it was now a race between Ryan Newman and Ryan Blaney. However, Denny Hamlin finds a spot, is able to, to work his way to the get behind Ryan Blaney before Chris Buescher can get there, immediately locks bumpers with Ryan Blaney, and is now pushing Blaney. Blaney gets a run on Ryan Newman. Hamlin then separates from Blaney as Blaney goes down and tries to pass Newman, is now on the high side. Blaney and, and, and Newman get together. Ryan Blaney said that he was just trying to push Ryan Newman to the lead and that the two just the, the bumpers didn't line up and, and it turned Ryan Newman. Hamlin just in, in the right position. Denny Hamlin had no business winning that race after what happened down the back straightaway, but just the moves he made to get in that position to, to win were phenomenal. And for, for those that think that, that super speedway racing is purely luck i think denny hamlin's proven yeah there's some luck involved but you still have to make the right decisions at the right time and right now he's better at it than everyone else and one other thing with that that win that kind of made me upset is afterwards there were a lot of people upset with denny hamlin for celebrating at the conclusion of the event let me explain something if if this hasn't if you're still a believer that denny hamlin was disrespectful because he celebrated two things going on here. You just won the Daytona 500. Denny Hamlin knows Ryan Newman has crashed. It went right across his front nose. What he doesn't know is he doesn't know he flipped. He doesn't know he was hit. He has no clue how serious this incident was. His crew wouldn't have known how, how serious this incident was. Yeah, they're watching it. But how often over the last 20 years have there been incidents similar to this where the driver walks out go back to austin dillon into the catch fence that car is destroyed everyone it, it was that same moment of just terror after an incident pops right out you just the the drivers talked about it after the clash they just they got to the point it's where drivers felt walk away so denny hamlin you start celebrating the only you only have radio communication yeah you have mirrors you're going 200 miles an hour you really can't comprehend what's happening in those mirrors, especially when you're not looking at them because you just crossed the start-finish line. Get back around, 
pull the plugs on the radio. The, the communication doesn't get there, but as soon as the team is, is let known, hey, Ryan Newman hasn't got out, gotten out of that car yet, you saw the demeanor drop. You, you saw everything happen. You even saw a little bit of it while he was celebrating on the front stretches. He kind of looked over and saw the, the mass of, of safety vehicles. and was like, that's a little bit more than normal. You kind of saw it start the, the realization there. So, so anyone that still thinks that that, that happened is, is, as a driver, yeah, you have radio communication, but you really don't know all, all what's going on. You, you don't know a whole lot. It's a lot of times that you have debriefing meetings after the race back at the shop because you only know so much. You only know what's out your, your front windshield. So I understand some of the frustration with his celebration. I understand the sentiment behind that. It's just invalid because at that point you don't know what's going on until you were officially informed. And once he did, it, it was all it was all about Ryan Newman. Yeah, and I think a lot of racing fans like you, Jacob, knew that what Denny Hamlin did when celebrating the Daytona 500 wasn't a bad thing, wasn't disrespectful at all. I think uh, on Twitter I saw a lot of it looked like non-racing fans chiming in, giving their two cents on you know Denny Hamlin's celebration and me personally I I didn't I don't think I have a problem with it because you know like you said you don't have much communication you just won the Daytona 500 even if you do have that communication who knows if you're listening or not because you just won maybe you're screaming in your car well yeah, a lot of times drivers will pull that they're they're they'll, they'll start you know pull the window net down take their their radio out start unplugging things there's a hundred different things you've got to start undoing to get out of the race car you start doing that once you win a race so even if by the time his spotters would would have come in and his spotter came on twitter and, and explained the situation saying if you're going to blame someone blame me don't blame denny or the rest of the team i'm the one that would have had the most information and i didn't get it to him in time it's it's just a situation where th- this you go back to dale earnhardt's accident in 2001 michael waltrip celebrated way more than denny hamlin because he didn't know. And it's a situation where when you win the Daytona 500, you're not actively searching for the information to, to because, as mentioned, you just think that driver's okay. You're not actively searching for that information. But but once they, they knew it was just a week, and then I think it helped to you, you get information about Ryan Newman and everyone could, could just go racing at Las Vegas this weekend. But it's still the Daytona 500. It's a big moment for Denny Hamlin to pick up his third career race. Ryan Blaney was credited with second. Chris Busher with third. David Reagan fourth. Kevin Harvick fifth. Clint Boyer in sixth. Brendan Gaughan seventh. Corey LaJoy eighth. Ryan Newman was credited with a ninth place finish. And then Kyle Larson rounds out the top ten. In terms of the other two races at Daytona, the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series, it was Noah Gragson. And that picked up the Xfinity Series win. This one, no overtime here, but a wreck on the white flag lap gave Noah Gragson the victory without a whole lot of challenge coming down to the checkered flag as it was thrown yellow before the finish. Harrison Burton finished second in that one. Timmy Hill in a extremely underfunded team with a great run to finish third. Brandon Jones in fourth, Chase Briscoe fifth, Justin Haley in sixth, Brandon Brown in seventh, Ray Black Jr. in eighth, Ryan Sieg ninth, and then Alex LeBay finished tenth, the final car. 
on the lead lap. The Truck Series, the their Daytona race, and really the story of the weekend before Monday night's Daytona 500 is the finish for the trucks was phenomenal. Grant Enfinger, Jordan Anderson banging doors to get to the start-finish line. Grant Enfinger picks up the win, but Jordan Anderson, a, a well-known story within anyone that follows the truck series, but the truck series following somewhat limited. Anderson, several years ago, started his own truck team, has built it from the ground up. He's an underfunded driver doing everything on his own, and Jordan Anderson with the, the run of his career to finish second. One of those phenomenal, just a phenomenal interview at the end and a phenomenal story. Another underfunded team, Cody Rohrbaugh, finished in the third position. Derek Krause fourth, Natalie Decker in fifth, Austin Hill sixth, Johnny Sauter seventh, Rosh Chastain in eighth, Sheldon Creed ninth, and then Jason White rounded out the top ten. So that was the action from Daytona. And then everyone turns around. It's a quick turnaround to start the season. Immediately had to head on out to the West Coast to race out at Las Vegas. We'll talk about what happened this weekend, also preview the upcoming race from Fontana when we get back on the left turn. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Sam Steinmeier with you as we'll continue in the world of NASCAR as you turn around from the Daytona 500 and for the other series, the race at Daytona and immediately head on out to the West Coast with the second race of the season at Las Vegas. Jacob Blair, Sam Steinmeier with you. Sam, this is where your, your knowledge kind of drops off. And a little bit. I, I had a little bit of knowledge of the Daytona 500 because you know we pitted it on WSK. We pit the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. So I was one race off. <laughs> so so Sam here, you might not hear him for a, a little bit. Might chime in with a couple questions here or there, but I will, I will have a – it'll just be me here for the, the next – few minutes as, as we talk about everything that happened out at Las Vegas. Start with Friday, uh, the Strat 200, the Truck Series. Uh, Kyle Busch won that one. That's about everything you need to know about the actual race. Busch dropping down, running his KBM number 51, led 108 of the 134 laps, started in the third position, and dominated the event Johnny Sauter finished second, Austin Hill third, Matt Craft in fourth, Ben <clears throat> Rhodes fifth, Zane Smith in sixth, Todd Gillen seventh, Tanner Gray eighth, Stuart Friesen in ninth, and Sheldon Creed in the tenth position. One of the, really the only incidents of the race is really on lap two. Derek Krause spun his number, his truck around and had to, to play catch up the rest of the day. Jordan Anderson finished 20th after his good run at Daytona. Uh, what really the the storyline that came out of the truck series is that Kevin Harvick went went to the the good old Twitter machine and challenged any other full time Cup Series driver to drop down and run one of Kyle Busch's four remaining truck races. Again, the Truck Series, Xfinity Series. If you were a full time Cup racer, there is a limit on how many races you can run the Truck Series and Xfinity Series. Now this year being just five races, Kyle Busch. We'll take full advantage of, of those five races in both series. But Kevin Harvick put a $50,000 bounty on Kyle Busch for a Cup Series regular to drop down and beat Kyle Busch in a Truck Series race, one of his four remaining races. And I think it was Marcus Lemonis, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, 
he 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 was got on board with Kevin Harvick, a, a big I think a big financial guy, uh, and he jumped on board and said, "I'll match that. Let's make it a hundred thousand." So now the bounty on Kyle Busch is a hundred thousand dollars for a Cup Series regular to drop down and race that. So a lot of publicity around the Truck Series. Uh, I like this. Some Cup Series drivers already said, if I can find a ride, I'm coming. I'm going to try to do this. Uh, Denny Hamlin was one of the most active and saying, you know what, I'll come do this. And some people voiced their opinion, well, why can't we do this for, what if if a regular Truck Series driver goes down and they take down Kyle Busch and and get the win? Because Kyle Busch has won seven of his last seven Truck Series appearances. He's 100% in his last seven. That's where this is coming from. And Kevin Harvick used to have a truck series team. Brad Keselowski used to have a truck series team. Kind of everyone kind of jumped on board saying this is this would be some good publicity here. I think it was Lemonis. Again, I, I think I'm mispronouncing that. I guarantee I'm mispronouncing that. He came out and also said that if Fox puts this on prime time on the big network, I think he'd said I'll push it up to like I don't remember what the number was. I'd have to go find it, but added a whole bunch more money to it. I think it was $250,000, as he said he put it up to. And then they went further, and, and Kyle Busch was like, well, what if no one gets the bounty? Well, Kevin Harvick said, we'll send $50,000 to one of your charities. So it's a friendly little wager. but I like the little drama in NASCAR. It's a, it's a little drama, and it's it's the Cup Series guys going down to run the Truck Series. But it's, a, it's just a fun situation where – you kind of saw everyone get involved and, and Cup Series drivers and, and just to see this blossom, it was all on Twitter. It all happened on Twitter all over the course of like a day, and now it sets up. So we'll see what, what actually happens with this, but, they, but I like the idea. If they actually do get it up to the like Fox and the big that network. That won't happen. It, I know it probably won't happen, but just think if it, do, if it did, how many new fans would get to – racing because you know twitter is a new world and now i like how racers are embracing twitter you get new fans from social media and you know if they did that i might just have to tune in see if anyone could get well, the bounty and and the way the way a, a bounty works and it shows up a lot of times at, at smaller local racetracks where drivers just dominating and it's a, someone says you know what i'm gonna throw a little bit of little extra money a little more incentive for someone to go beat that person yeah, and then it just it creates a, a little bit of a different atmosphere, something where drivers can go out and and really challenge for one of those wins. And a lot of times at racetracks, a lot of the ways it'll work, it'll start at a hundred dollars, and then for every week it doesn't go, it'll it'll add a hundred dollars. So it, it, the the way it'll work here is one of those things with bounties has to be fair and square. Can't go dump Kyle Busch, put him in the wall, and say, "Hey, I beat him." <laughs> has to be fair and square. And it just creates some competition, and I think it'll be interesting to, to see who really takes advantage of this. Uh, one, one thing, just to put it into perspective, is, is that 50000 now, 100000 does not cover the cost of running a truck race. So sponsors still have to be found. A ride still has to be found. So there, there's some logistics that have to go into this. But if this happens, where you get another Cup Series driver coming after Kyle Busch in the truck series, I think it would be what would be really funny is Denny Hamlin has expressed interest in doing this. However, Hamlin, a Toyota driver, more than likely he'd be in a Kyle Busch Motorsports truck. So he would go, if Hamlin were to get this, he'd run a Kyle Busch Motorsports truck, get the bounty, and then hand it right back to his team owner, which is Kyle Busch. So 
just a, a fun situation that hopefully can materialize and, and just create some, some buzz around the truck series. I definitely did. This is the type of drama that racing needs if they want to get new fans. And, you know, it's especially, you know, and for the fans up NASCAR, it's, you know, funny to see, you know, all these guys that you know, um, you know, chopping it up on Twitter and putting bounties on people. You say this is a thing that happens more at local uh, races or racetracks. So it's nice to see the pros getting involved in this. So, and the way the points in the Truck Series now sit after two races, the the Truck Series did move up to 10 playoff drivers this year, up from eight after last year. Uh, More winners than the Truck Series was used to seeing, so they upped it a little bit more. Currently, Grant Enfinger, the only driver locked into the playoffs with a win. Kyle Busch kind of stole that away from another opportunity, but Austin Hill currently... In the points lead, Johnny Sauter second. He's nine back. Ben Rhodes third. Brett Moffat fourth. Sheldon Creed fifth. Zane Smith sixth. Grant Enfinger in seventh. But again, he's already locked in. Christian Eckes in eighth. Todd Gillen in ninth. And then Cody Rohrbaugh in the tenth position, tied with Stuart Friesen right now. Really doesn't mean a whole lot. Two races into the season. Uh, the points still have to materialize, but that's where everything stands right now. In the Xfinity race at Las Vegas, a race that uh, if you are in, this is kind of the joke floating around Twitter right now. Uh, if, if if you're struggling for rain, if your your town needs some rain, build a racetrack, bring NASCAR because it'll bring the rain. Because it it rained in Las Vegas for a whole day. That doesn't happen. It washed out everything on Saturday. They were able to get about 50 laps of the Xfinity Series race in. That was after a delay. They got the track dried, went out for 50 laps. It rained again, washed everything out. So a uh, double header on Sunday. The Cup Series race took place at its normal time slot, the Xfinity Series race. After that, Chase Briscoe, who won the first stage, went out and won the race, led 89 laps, but needed a late race caution to put himself in position in a late race pit stop to, to get out front. Had a top five car all day long, did Briscoe. However, once the the sun went down, his car kind of faded. Austin Sendrick's car came to life. He led 39. Justin Allgaier really dominated stage number two. He led 63 laps in this race. But it was Briscoe that ended up getting the win and locking himself into the Xfinity Series playoffs. Austin Sendrick finished second. But the third-place driver is the one with the story, Ryan Sieg. Kind of a similar story to to Jordan Anderson. It's a family-owned team, an underfunded team. This team had the, the speed at one point to win the race in a, a phenomenal third-place finish for Ryan Sieg in the 39 car. Noah Gragson, he finished in the fourth position. Well, we'll get to an incident on track with Noah here in a little bit, but Noah also locked into the Xfinity Series playoffs. Harrison Burton in the fifth position. Brandon Jones in sixth. Michael Annette seventh. Justin Allgaier eighth. Riley Herbst ninth. And Ross Chastain rounding out the top ten. Chastain, a, a good recovery for him after having a speeding, speeding penalty having come from a lap down. But you go to Noah Gragson, an, an incident late, green flag run, and then gets in to Myatt Snyder in the 21 in an incident that really just looked like Noah Gragson decided to turn right and dump him. And the, the thing is we never really saw if anything led up to this, but for for all purposes it looked like Noah Gregson had enough of Myatt Snyder and and turned him into the infield he went spinning and it ended up helping Noah as Gregson was was running inside the the top 10 but was able to to get a caution make an adjustment 
and drive up to that fourth place position. In terms of the Xfinity Series, Chase Briscoe, Noah Gregson now 1-2 in points. Again, both of those are locked into the playoffs as of right now. Harrison Burton in the third position, 12 back. Michael Annette fourth. Brandon Jones fifth. Austin Sendrick sixth. Ryan Sieg seventh. Justin Haley eighth. Justin Allgaier ninth. Brandon Brown tenth. Ross Chastain in eleventh. And Ray, back, Ray Black Jr. in the twelfth position. Again, early on in the season, doesn't do a whole lot to look at the, the points position of these drivers as – we're just two races in, especially with, with the, the chaos that happens at Daytona. The, the, to, to me, the one big thing of note in the Xfinity Series right now is with Tyler Reddick gone, with Cole Custer gone, with Christopher Bell gone, again, 23 wins between these, two, uh, these three last year, is it's wide open in the Xfinity Series. The other thing of note is they also took some cars with them. Is Stuart Haas racing now just down to one car? The the RCR team not running the two car this year. You, you look at Joe Gibbs Racing really bringing in a lot of young guys that still need some time. Is the series, in terms of the amount of competitive cars, that has come down this year. As There was a point in this race, nine or ten cars were on the lead lap. So it really is wide open. For, for some of these smaller teams to have a phenomenal season like a Ryan Sieg. After yesterday, I would throw Ryan Sieg into championship into the championship conversation conversation just because had the opportunity to, to get into the championship four. That that seemed pretty clear yesterday. Ross Chastain in that argument as well, but even a, a driver like Brandon Brown, that family owned team right now tenth in points, several good runs thus far and have the speed to fight for top tens all year long. The Cup Series, that one before the Xfinity Series, not not normally the way it works, but to me, a really good race. Uh, Wild restarts in this package, this arrow package on mile and a half. I saw it last year, but this year you you get the first race as well. Wild restarts, four and five wide. Everyone able to get through it most of the race until the end. The early storyline, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, all Toyotas, failed pre-race inspection, really pre-weekend inspection, with a a modification to the front nose that NASCAR didn't like. So they received a L1 penalty, which is 10 points. A crew member was ejected. They all had to start at the back of this one. And neither Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin played a factor all race long. Neither of them able to really work through the field. Toyota really did not have a whole lot of speed. Martin Truex Jr. was the fastest car. Ran up front at the beginning, got into the wall in the the middle, and kind of ruined Martin Truex's day. So it was a battle between the Chevys and the Fords. Chase Elliott wins both stage and stage one and stage two. Chase Elliott had probably the best long-run car all day. Kevin Harvick had the best short-run car, so it was Harvick would lead early, and then Chase Elliott would drive through there. But Ryan Blaney, at the end of the race, had the best car. Looked clear-cut to get a win. Here comes Alex Bowman, though. He's working the top side. I don't know where Alex Bowman's speed came from. He was good all day, but not race-winning good. And but, but that last run, before the final caution, Alex Bowman... I don't know if Alex would have won the race. Still would have had to have gotten around Ryan Blaney in the last couple of laps, but it sure looked like Bowman 
would have at least had the opportunity to do so. However, Ross Chastain driving the six car, subbing for Ryan Newman this week, gets loose, spins off a turn number two with six laps to go, and that sets up a green-white checker finish and also sets up decision time for these drivers. Do you come down pit road? Do you stay out? Tire wear, somewhat of an issue all day long, not in terms of too bad, but enough fall off that many teams decided to come down pit road, two of those being Ryan Blaney and Alex Bowman. Joey Logano, Matt Benedetto, William Byron, Bubba Wallace, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and a couple others stayed out. So anyone that took tires was now buried deeper in the field. A couple, Jimmy Johnson, Brad Keselowski, took two tires. Everyone else took four. So if you took four tires, you were outside the, the top ten now with a green-white checker, just two laps. And on that restart, Joey Logano gets out front. Matt DiBenedetto gets a run on William Byron, gets to his inside. Byron throws the block, but DiBenedetto was already there. And those two get together, and then chaos ensues behind. They make it through turn two. They make it down the back straightaway off of turn four, though. No good. Wreck deep in the field. William Byron blows a tire. Carnage everywhere. And you end up with a top ten that looked much like a, a super speedway race, what could have been the end of the Daytona 500. Joey Logano gets the win, led 54 laps, played the strategy right. Matt Benedetto in just his second race behind the Wood Brothers Racing number 21 car, a phenomenal run for him. And Matt Benedetto give that team a couple more races, and I think that 21 car will be out front fighting for wins each and every race. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finished in the third position, a team that played the strategy game all day long, went long early in the race in the pit cycle. That did not work the first time. However, the second time went long there in stage three, caught the caution. So both Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Ryan Priest, the two cars on the lead lap at the time of caution, everyone else had to take the wave around. Ryan Priest, unfortunately, had an issue on pit road, was not able to take advantage of that. However, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., the leader, played strategy game all day long, was one of those drivers that stayed out at the end of the race he finished in the third position austin Dillon finished fourth jimmy johnson fifth bubba wallace sixth brad keselowski seventh kevin harvick eighth kyle larson ninth and ty Dillon tenth ryan blaney finished 11th alex bowman in 13th your daytona 500 winner denny hamlin struggled for a 17th place finish and in terms of the points denny hamlin and joey logano now your two drivers locked into the playoffs, and then Kevin Harvick. Those two drivers locked in the playoffs. Point-wise, it is Ryan Blaney leading those points. Joey Logano in second. Kevin Harvick third. Kyle Larson fourth. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. currently fifth. Chase Elliott sixth. Austin Dillon seventh. Chris Buescher in eighth. Denny Hamlin ninth. Matt DiBeno, tenth. Matt DiBenedetto tenth. Jimmy Johnson in eleventh. Bubba Wallace in twelfth. Clint Boyer in thirteenth. Alex Bowman fourteenth. Corey LaJoy, 15th, and Martin Truex Jr. in 16th. Eric Almarola would be your first one on the outside of the playoffs if they were to start today. But again, as we've mentioned with the Xfinity Series and Truck Series, two races in, 24 to go before the playoffs begin. So a lot of time for those points to sort themselves out. This race, I think we, we learned some things. The Chevrolet's new Camaro body, they are fast this year. I think Hendrick Motorsport should be extremely pleased on the speed they showed in this one chase elliott who ended up with a flat tire late in that one 
and spun out and ended up with a not-so-good day after leading 70 laps. He finished 26, but he was fast. Alex Bowman had an opportunity to win the race. Jimmy Johnson Johnson was top five all day. William Byron an opportunity to win the race late as well. All four drivers spent time in the top five. Hendrick Motorsports should be extremely pleased. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has been running really well two races with his new team at JTG Doherty Racing. And then Penske and those Fords as well, really fast with Joey Logano, Matt DiBenedetto, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski showed some, some speed as well. Kevin Harvick led 92 laps. He was there. It's the Toyotas. They kind of did this last year, though. Struggled at Las Vegas. Were dominant everywhere else. So see what happens out at Fontana this weekend. The other thing I think we learned is maybe minus Homestead, maybe minus Darlington and Atlanta, where tire wear is exponentially worse than everywhere else with this package with the draft uh, and these restarts being so crazy a two lap two laps to go i think the decision needs to be to stay out every time i think we learned taking tires does not work as the only one that took tires that was really able to to work their way through the field was jimmy johnson who finished fifth but he was one of those that took two tires logano de benedetto stenhouse austin dillon all did not take tires neither did bubba wallace and was able to stay there I mean, again, you had William Byron who dropped to finish 22nd, but contact with Matt Benedetto kind of caused some issues there. We now look to Fontana and Auto Club Speedway coming up this weekend. The Truck Series, they have the week off, will not be racing this week before we see uh, the Truck Series again coming up truck series at atlanta on march 14th so a couple weeks off for the truck series before we see them again however the xfinity series in the production alliance group 300 that'll be saturday at three o'clock on fox sports one a wide two mile racetrack a lot of room for, for drivers to race and to me the same cars you saw up front this week in the xfinity series will be the cars up front at fontana look for look for chase briscoe justin allgaier you look for for some other drivers as well. Austin Sendrick to be right up there at the front. Ryan Sieg probably will have some speed as well. Ross Chastain, look for him to be up there. Still don't know a lot about the Xfinity Series, so if I had to make a pick, I'd go with Chase Briscoe to go back-to-back. Similar track to Las Vegas, a lot of room. Not similar track in terms of of style, but just in, in terms of lots of room, lots of different lines. I think that'll fit Chase Briscoe. Sam, do you want to make a pick for the Xfinity Series? That, that's a no. Isn't no, it? I'm, I'm blanking. <laughs> I, I if you would have said the Cup Series, I probably would have. Well, we're, we're getting there. So I'll, we'll, we'll I'll get, throw out a name there. We'll, I don't we'll get, really know many. Derek Kraus. That's the only one I know. That's in a the Truck X. Series. That's uh, that is Truck Series. Never mind. So uh, that, that's uh, my Sam, knowledge. Sam, well, we'll go with my second pick for Sam. Let's go with Austin Sendrick. Sam will pick Austin Sendrick for for Fontana. Awesome. So Austin that, that's Sendrick. Sam's pick. If you're gonna be on the show, I'm gonna make you make picks every week. Okay. Just, just be aware for all three series. I'll, I'll be aware now. <laughs> for the Cup Series, the Auto Club 400 on <laughs> Sunday at 2.30, this one on Fox. Sam, Sam will make a pick for this one. We'll give him some time to, to, yeah. to make that pick, but still don't know a lot about this season, and it's what makes it so tough to pick these early season races, but I really liked how those, those new Camaros ran, especially the Hendrick Motorsports cars. 
I'm going to go Chase Elliott to get the win, come back after a, a tough into his race at Las Vegas. I've got Chase Elliott winning at Fontana. Sam? And you mentioned uh, Chevrolet cars. Uh, I'm going to take Kyle Larson in that's Fontana. That's a... See, I, I, that, that, that to me, you actually made me proud there because I left that one open for you because picking Kyle Larson at Fontana or Michigan is about the smartest pick you can make. So it's a, it's a beautiful pick. I think Kyle Larson, that, that'd be my number two pick this week. It really should be my number one. It, it's one of Kyle Larson's best racetracks, but I think Chase Elliott gets it done. That'll do it. For the left turn portion of today's show, we will take a break here, be back, and and swing it back to college basketball, talk about some of the upcoming games over the next couple of days. Be back here on X106.